This Icon Podcast is hosted and sponsored by Sphere Rocket Virtual Assistants, a leading provider for your virtual assistants and outsourcing needs. Owned by one of the top-ranking EXP agents, Justin Nelson. Sphere Rocket VA provides a one-stop virtual staffing solution for business owners, and we specialize in helping business owners grow their business by leveraging through virtual assistants. Trusted by the top names in the real estate industry like Kyle Whistle, Andrew Franklin, John Kitchens, and many more. Get ready to up your success and we'll help you achieve your business goals. Book your free consultation at SpearRocketVA.com and find out how we can make your life easier. What's up? Welcome back to another episode of the Icon Podcast. I am your host, Gianna. And today, all the way from Alaska, we've got MJ talking to us, the Icon agent up there. Um, MJ, thanks for hanging out. Thanks for having me. So many big names in that intro. My goodness, I'm a little intimidated. I'm like the little man on the totem pole in this big ass state over here. No, girl, you're doing great. Um, you're an icon agent. You're up there with the best of them. You are a big name, damn it. So yeah. <laughs> give yourself some credit. Um, and you know, over time, everybody just continues to grow. You may be the next, I don't know, Veronica Figueroa. Elizabeth Riley, you know, it'll take some time to get that foundation under there. So um, MJ, tell me a little bit about yourself, right? Uh, who are you? Where are you from? How'd you grow up to be in a real estate? So I'm born and raised in Connecticut. My daddy was in the Navy. Mm -hmm. And so he was stationed at the Groton sub base. And ironically, I am, my legal name is Melissa Joe, and I really don't like to tell people that, but it comes with my background, so I will share it with you today. So my daddy was stationed in Mayport, uh, which is the submarine base in Jacksonville, Florida, and they used to babysit a little girl named Allie Joe, and so he really loved that, like, double first name, and he also loves the Almond Brothers, and Sweet Melissa is one of the famous Almond Brothers songs, so Allie Joe, Sweet Melissa. I grew up to be the Sweet Melissa Joe, but I grew up in New England. Totally not from the South, so the double first name is such an oddity in New in the New England area. It's really a Southern Belle thing. So um, I decided I was MJ, and it just stuck. I've been going by MJ for years and years. If somebody calls me Melissa, I honestly don't realize that they're talking to me. I'm I'm really non-responsive to the name Melissa. Like it just doesn't click that that's me. That's and crazy. yeah, and if I hear Melissa Joe, I know I'm in trouble. I've done something wrong. I better run and hide from the spoon or the belt. <laughs> how cute! How cute! I I really enjoy your name. I have a friend named Mary Joe, and uh, well, her name's Mary Joetta, and I was just like, that is so cute. But we're in we're in Tennessee, so we're in the South, so it makes sense here, right? Um, so, um, MJ, what a what a fun name. Um, how did you, you know? How did you turn this name into your brand? How did you get, uh, how did you grow up to, to be in real estate and, um, you know, move, move on with that? And uh, I don't know, just like, what's, what's the story behind it? It actually started from bartending, believe it or not. So just being a people person and I mean, being able to upsell a double versus a single somehow wound me into sales. So I always had a lot of fun and building relationships and networking with those who were on the other side of the bar for me, I found really enjoyable. Mm -hmm. And one day I was lucky enough to have a customer named uh, Kaylin, who is actually still one of my best friends to this day. And she just kept insisting that I was going to come work for her. She was the assistant manager of Wells Fargo Financial when there was still a financial division back in the day. And uh, she was my customer week in and week out. And she would just come and 
talked to me and one day she said, I have an interview set up for you. And I was like, well, I told you no, like so many times, like you come here and whine about your nine to five job and I give you drinks to make you happy. Like clearly I've got the better end of the stick, right? So I finally uh, built a really great relationship with her and trusted her. And at that time I was in my early twenties and thought, well, I guess I should grow up and do big kid things and get like a real job, right? Mm -hmm. So I went to work with her at Wells Fargo Financial and I learned the whole sales industry, if you will, outside of just slinging drinks behind the bar. And I grew really fast in that business and became successful and realized I loved helping people save money and I loved helping people reach their goals. So when Wells Fargo Financial closed their doors, I had the option to become a personal banker or I can go into um, Wells Fargo Home Mortgage and really try to succeed in a 100% commission position in a declining market because this was 0809 timeframe. So I decided at that time I was going to learn the mortgage role and I was going to better myself in that one area of finances and help people either obtain a mortgage to buy a home or an investment or to refinance and save money. So I really fell in love with the mortgage role. I did that, you know, location to location as my ex was PCSing from Air Force Base to Air Force Base. And I realized a couple of years in that there was a really big disconnect between the realtor and the mortgage loan officer. And there seemed to be a lot of finger pointing. And um, I'm a cheerleader. I, I took a full ride to college for cheerleading. So if anything screams, I'm a team player and I want to work with others, like nothing screams that more than the fact that I basically considered myself a professional cheerleader. So I didn't like the disconnect in the industry. So I wanted to step out and be able to collaborate with realtors and be face-to-face -face and educate them on the loan process so that they can better serve their clients in the home purchase process. So after 11 years of doing that and building my brand and building phenomenal relationships and getting to know the real estate industry and the realtor side of the transaction, co-hosting open houses, tagging along at showings, I realized, oh my gosh, I really love the realtor side of things. So um, I just decided to, to jump in and I had a really phenomenal mentor here, Travis McGran. He is also a team lead and he's an icon agent as well. He took me under his wing and taught me and here I am today, an icon agent rocking the realtor role and I'll never look back. It's the best decision I ever made and I'm really thankful that he convinced me to do it because I wish I had done it years ago. But again, I've got all that experience under my belt as a loan officer. Mm -hmm. So I'm grateful that I took the plunge and it's really helped me succeed in my career. Awesome. That's, that's incredible, MJ. And what a fun story um, to be coming to the world of real estate and the flexibility that it offers you. Of course, you've got to be a self-starter, put in the hard work. And MJ, you know, how were you introduced to eXp? Was it your first brokerage or were you introduced to it? How did that transition go for you? I was introduced to it um, through my past mentor and I actually interviewed. So coming from the loan officer side, I knew all of the brokerages, right? So I knew all the big names. I knew all the little uh, boutiques. And so I did a lot of research on my own to learn the pros and cons. You know, at the end of the day, everybody kind of offers the same thing in a nutshell. And to me, it really came down to culture and flexibility. So mm -hmm. at the time, I was a military spouse. And so my biggest fear was I'm going to build something amazing, 
we are going to PCS and then I'm just going to leave all my people behind. And I, no man left behind, like they say in the military, right? So I was not about the big corporate structure of having an office. I wasn't about, you know, leaving my database behind with those folks who did not actually build those relationships and build that rapport because that's not what's in the best interest of the client. So I really fell in love with EXP's model. I loved that they were everywhere, including so many other countries. And we've just grown exponentially in those three years. Mm -hmm. And I just loved the model because it was what was in the best interest of the client, regardless of where we made PCS back and forth. So that was a huge selling factor for me. I'm not driven by money. Um, money is the inevitable bonus of doing right by others and having the resources and structure and support that you need to do a really good job for the for people. So um, the driving factor for me was definitely the cloud-based model. And I love it. Um, I interviewed with quite a few other companies. I loved everything they had to say. They're phenomenal companies. I really look up to a lot of what they do. But again, EXP was, I'm just completely sold. I love it. That's awesome, MJ. And um, I love what you said. Money is an inevitable bonus. I uh, had to write that down. But anyway, MJ, um, so, you know, now that you're over here at eXp and you've gotten to enjoy some of the benefits like um, rev share, stock options, the collaboration, the online world, not feeling like you're on an island. Um, what has become one of your favorite parts about the brokerage or maybe something that you didn't expect about it? Definitely the culture. So coming from the loan officer position, not only did I feel there was a disconnect in the transaction between loan officers and the client and the realtor, but I really felt like there was a big disconnect within brokerages. Mm -hmm. It seemed very cutthroat. It seemed very, um, you know, everybody was out to get each other. It was a big competition. And the only competition I believe in is a cheerleading competition or sporting events. So I don't feel that when we're all within the same industry with one another, and we're all after the same goal of serving others and helping them reach their real estate goals, to me, that's not the place for competition. So I don't believe there's any competition among, you know, the industry. And that really shines with EXP. Like my favorite thing about EXP is the culture. So I was blown away. I went to EXP Con for the first time last year. And, you know, they say, okay, we're going to have these breakout sessions and icons are going to get up and give their secrets. I'm like, yeah, right. Okay, whatever. They're going to try to recruit me to like, do whatever, you know, referral. So you went to EXPCon before you were with EXP? I went last year. So I've been with EXP since June of 2019. Okay. Okay. So I thought, I thought you were saying like, oh, they're just going to recruit us. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> so, well, I was thinking they're trying to recruit you, you know, for their downline or for right. referrals. Like nobody that's top in this industry is going to give me their secrets. Like, come on, that's a joke, Right. And I was blown away and I was just so impressed that it didn't matter if you were me, little Joe Schmo, first time icon on, on the leaderboard, or you were a four time icon or you're running a big mega icon team. I mean, they legitimately came to help us and yeah. to share their secrets and to watch us grow. And there's just nothing more special than that in this industry because it can be cutthroat. I mean, there's way more of us than there are houses to sell right now. Like, it's just really amazing to see a brokerage that truly supports the success of one another and really puts their focus on the, the licensees and that the licensees actually want to share and help others grow. And I've taken that 
to you know, uh, to my team to really watch my team members grow as well. So that's hands down my favorite part about EXP is the culture. A rising tide raises all ships, MJ. Um, that's pretty cool. That's really cool. So um, when we are talking about like a little work-life balance, right? A lot of realtors laugh, but I want to know uh, what does what that look that? like to you? How do you, <laughs> how do you recharge, draw the line between work and play? Oh, I don't know that I'm the right person to ask that. I don't think I'm very good at that, to be honest. Um, I'm very fortunate. I'm surrounded by team members who are my friends who have become my family. So my work-life balance, most often I would say, consists of going hiking with my team members or going fishing with my team members. And we're all hoping we get the one bar of service because <laughs> we have a deal we're trying to get done simultaneously. So I'm honestly not very good about that. I'm actually taking an EXP time blocking class later this week so that I can get better at it because I want to be a better leader and lead by example for my team members. Mm -hmm. And I really do think that the work-life balance is so important. And I'm always harping on my team members, like take your family time, I'll handle this for you. Take your family time, take care of what you need to do, call another team member, let's get somebody to handle this for you but I'm really not good at doing that myself. So I need to get better at that. I know how important mental health is. And from time to time, you know, it, it catches up and that overload of stress and, and taking on everybody else's responsibilities and trying to help and putting everybody else before you, it takes a toll on you. It'll break me down from time to time. Um, so I do need to get better at that. So thanks for the reminder. Of course. No, MJ, you seem like an incredible leader, um, you know, taking it off others' plates. But, um, you know, you got to make sure you're taking care of yourself and avoiding burnout. And uh, this next question is, you know, do you have do you have VAs, virtual assistants? So I have a VA, if you will, mm -hmm. but she's a live gal. She's um, licensed. She lives right down the road from me. She's okay. really phenomenal. So she operates as a virtual assistant in the sense that she doesn't have to, you know, make outbound calls to our clients. She's sure. not face to face with our clients. She's like the Oz behind the curtain for our team. Sure. Um, but she is a live person. She's here locally and she just got licensed. She's a military spouse and mom of four and they will be PCSing in the spring. So right now we're building her up to learn how to be a realtor so that she could spread her wings and fly at their next duty station and take on the role of being a full-time realtor. So that's cool. That's awesome. One at that that's time. A, so I was just going to ask you, you know, cause you've got that work-life balance, you know, how do you um, leverage out that VA or, you know, when she leaves, how, what kind of tasks are you going to need coverage on that? Um, you know, you could, you could leverage other people for all of the tasks. She is so amazing. Sometimes I, you know, see an email communication going back and forth between her and title or her and our, um, you know, backend payment processing. And I'm like, whoa, I didn't even know all that was happening all this time. Uh, she really does phenomenal things and she is absolutely irreplaceable, but we will need, you know, once we get to that point where we're ready for a new virtual assistant, um, you know, hopefully we'll have her training them and, and have a new Oz behind the curtain because she truly is irreplaceable, but you know, it's something that our team needs and it'll help us be out there in the field and be more dollar productive rather than being tied down with, you know, the, the data entry and the paper pushing and dotting the I's and crossing the T's and all the really, really important stuff in the transaction, but would take us away from being out face to face with our clients. So mm -hmm. it's a really, really imperative, important position. And we're looking forward to having the next Renee, um, in the springtime when they PCS. 
Absolutely. No, that's awesome, MJ. Um, that's a good question to ask, you know, how how can you take some things off your plate to be able to, um, you know, begin to focus on that work-life balance just a little bit more. But it sounds like time blocking is going to be a really good start for you as well. And um, MJ, let's talk production now, okay? In Alaska, it's going to be a little different than um, markets like LA or Miami. And um, so it's just a good way for listeners to gauge um, what you have to face as an icon. So um, what's the average housing price look like for you in your market? And how many houses do you have to be able to sell to cap? So as of yesterday, our average market price, so we're kind of divided into two different areas, if you will, within our MLS. So we cover the Anchorage municipality, which has three cities that it encompasses. And then we also have the Matsu borough. So just as of yesterday, our average home sales price between the two was sitting right around the vicinity of about 450, which is down. We've seen a slight market shift. So we tend to fall behind the lower 48. Um, I'm dual licensed. I have a license in Nevada as well, thanks cool. to a prior duty station. So it's pretty cool to see the shift in the market mm-hmm. with how Nevada is operating. And then about maybe six to nine months later, it's like, whoa, this is happening in Alaska now. So it's pretty cool. And it really does help us prepare. And I'm not active in Nevada at the moment because I'm physically here in Alaska. I'm no longer snowboarding between the two, but I still love to follow the trends. I still have a license there. And it's just really neat to see. I mean, we truly are the 49th state. So everything happens in the lower 48 first. We hear about it on the news and then all of a sudden it's like, whoa, it's here. It's happening. We're doing this. So in Alaska, I would say I know to, I don't know the number exactly to reach the $16,000 cap, but I know to Icon, it's approximately 36 deals a year at an average of $300,000 per purchase price at a 3% um, list or broker fee. So 300,000 at 3% for 36 closings should yield you the Icon Award. Okay, awesome. Thanks for breaking that math down for us. A lot of people are like, do we have to talk numbers? The answer is no, but it's helpful for the listeners. Um, So MJ, you know, that next part of being an icon agent is the cultural commitment, right? So you have to take a step back from production, from revenue producing, and you have to give back to eXp whether a coach, mentor, teacher, whatever. Um, and obviously you use um, the EXP world uh, lessons and teaching to your advantage. So what do you give back to EXP? What's your cultural commitment and why? So I am a mentor and I really love being a mentor. Um, my favorite thing is somebody brand new to the industry mm-hmm. has not a clue what is going on or what the expectation is and hand holding them from the time of clicking the button to join EXP on the app all the way through their first closing and then seeing them cap and reach icon. So I think that's something really special. I love, um, you know, just being there for somebody and supporting them to see their growth and help them succeed. So my cultural give back is through the mentorship. And then although it doesn't count towards the icon award, I do a lot of coaching and I help a lot of other local licensees, you know, if they're out of town or they're new, but they often go independent. Um, And then also as a team lead, I'm consistently looking at supporting my team members and helping them grow. And I feel like I learn from them as much as they learn from me. So that part culturally is really important as well. Absolutely. And MJ, you know, um, it's great that you reach out beyond eXp because that just really speaks levels about the brokerage and the people that are here. And 
I want to know what your favorite part of the, being an icon agent is, right? You get a big glass shiny trophy, which I think I can see it's just right over there. there. <laughs> And you get that cat back in stock and opportunity to go to EXPCon and shareholders for a stock award. So um, what's your favorite part about the Icon Award and why? Why do you keep setting that as a standard or goal for yourself? Um, again, as a team lead, always leading by example, I think is so important. So um, one of my favorite things internally and just in my heart is when people see that you've reached that milestone and you've achieved that award, I think, you know, they feel comfortable coming to you and asking for advice and asking for help. So I love that it opens the doors for people to want to come and talk to me and want to learn so that I can help more people succeed. Um, but I think within what I what EXP provides, excuse me, I think the really fun part about ICON is being able to go to EXPCon and having those special ICON only events where you get to meet others. Because again, I'm not I'm not like a mega icon team lead yet. We're going to get there. So yet I'm a brand new team lead where I'm just barely over a year into having a team, but it just feels so special. I love going to those events and I'm like, oh my gosh, I've seen you on YouTube. Oh my gosh, you taught a class when I was in EXP world. So just, I kind of fangirl a little bit. So just being at the EXP con icon only events and being among all these uh, top producers and heavy hitters and they're nice. Like they're nice to me. They smile. They yeah. want to shake my hand. They congratulate me. And I'm like, oh, why are you congratulating me? Like me? I know I heard you phone. earlier, MJ, like, oh, I'm not a big name. Yeah, you are, girl. You're top 2%. Okay. Give yourself some it's credit special. here. It's special. It's, it's, but it's so hard to, it's so hard to achieve. And it's such a dream to achieve it. And I just love that they do special things for us at EXPCon so that I can, you know, walk among the others and, and, uh, you know, meet the people that I can learn from and grow from. So that that's was awesome. that's really important to me. Yes, MJ. Uh, it's an awesome benefit to being an icon agent. And all that hard work seems to, to pay off literally and um, metaphorically. So um, MJ, anybody that is new to eXp, maybe they're a rookie real estate agent. Maybe they um, are coming from another brokerage, but they have their site set on the icon award, right? It's their first year with eXp. They want to hit that goal. What are some daily goals for them to set out to hit that mark? If it's even possible or some big mistakes to avoid. So I think the biggest mistake is people come in leading with dollars. So, you know, they have this dollar mindset. They want to reach a certain um, monetary award, so to speak. And that's great. And you can do worksheets and kind of work backwards from what your goal is. Ricky Carruth actually has a really fabulous uh, worksheet that he does in his Zero to Diamond program. And absolutely, if you start with a monetary goal, it will take you back to the number of transactions you need to, to achieve that. But I would say your commitment just has to be always looking out for the best interest of others. So if you drive by monetary value, you may lose sight of the goal and the objective you have in helping that client reach their goal. And I think that's the biggest mistake people make. Whereas if you are focused on, I'm going to serve this client, I'm going to help them with their needs, I'm going to help them reach their goal, whatever that takes, and you don't focus on the dollar amount, um, you'll be like me and you'll get your first 1099 and literally cry at your kitchen table because you can't believe that you achieved that financial success. So you just have to be 
after doing what's right by others. I mean, that is the most important thing. And by doing that, one of the daily things that I commit to, not a day goes by that I'm not making phone calls. Whether I only achieve two to three phone calls or I make 50 and I get to talk to nobody or somebody hangs up on me or they yell at me or say choice words that I don't appreciate, whatever it is, you constantly have to be making that outreach and you have Mm -hmm. to follow up with those people. And um, I'm beating a dead horse if my team hears this (laughs) podcast, are going to be like, oh my God, MJ, of course you said that. So my famous line to my team is calls equals contacts equals contracts equals closings equals cash. Like there's no way to be successful in this industry without picking up the phone. Like Mm -hmm. that's just impossible. And so, so many people, people will say they have this secret sauce. Oh, you have to get your leads from here. You have to do this. You have to send postcards, yada, yada. But it all comes down to, you have to put in the work. You have to pick up the phone. You have to contact people. You need to figure out what their needs are and you need to be the resource to help them reach those goals. Otherwise, you'll never reach your goals. So Mm. calls equals contacts equals contracts equals closings equals cash. Make the calls. That's that's awesome, MJ. Yeah, you can't be afraid to pick up the phone. And uh, clearly it's worked for you. And it may not be the model for everybody, but it's a good place to start and see, um, you know, what you're comfortable with. Push yourself out of the comfort zone because that's where the money is. Um, and MJ, you know, my next question is going to be when EXP was first introduced to you, were you ever skeptical of it? Kind of too oh, good absolutely. to be true? Absolutely. It was 100% too too good to be true. So Mm -hmm. you only want a little bit of my money and I can reach this goal. And then you're going to give me all my money back that I just gave you. And I don't have to show up to the office. I can come to trainings, um, you know, in panties. Nobody's going to see me. I don't know. (laughs) Do my makeup like, yeah, whatever, but move on. I will go talk to the people that have an office. Yeah. I was skeptical. I'm not going to lie. I really was. Um, you know, and then learning Glenn's background and learning, you know, the world that he came from and that he had this IT background and that he built this amazing thing in the cloud in a declining market mm-hmm. was just really incredible. And the, I mean, the proof was in the numbers, everything that they had grown, the overhead expenses that he was able to cut and everything that he created. Once I actually looked at the facts and learned it, I thought, and this is too good to be true, but it is the truth. And it's really phenomenal what he's built. And I feel really grateful that, you know, I had the right people mentoring me and guiding me and convincing me that EXP was the place I needed to be because it absolutely is. It's the place everybody should want to be if they want to achieve their goals and grow in this industry. It is, it just makes sense. That's awesome. And EXP, you're right, is the place to be. So say somebody's watching right now and they are thinking about making the move to EXP, but they are too skeptical, right? And it's a pyramid scheme. It's a cult. It's, uh, you know, hard to break up with my broker. I'm friends with them. Uh, but gosh, that the opportunity to earn cap back in stock, the community, the culture, the never ending training, I want to get over there. So what would you say to them to kind of light the fire in them to uh, take the risk and reap the big award that that reward that comes with it. <laughs> I mean, you literally just said it all <laughs> for all of those reasons. Come on over. So I would say, do your due diligence, search us online. Don't just listen to what we have to say, but then also mm-hmm. look at the success. So look at those of us who joined DXP. I mean, I've had a license for hardly three years. I've been able to build a team. I've been able to icon and I've had the support of others in doing that. 
And if you're friends with your broker, your broker should want what's best for you. Bring them over too. <laughs> they can only benefit in the long run. So yes, it does seem very skeptical. I have a lot of people that say, oh, well, I can get a 90-10 split elsewhere. Cool, you can, but do the math. Look at all of their outbound expenses every month or their annual, I don't even know what they call all the crazy fees they have at other places. But the smaller your cap, or I'm sorry, the smaller that your split is and the smaller the cap is, the longer it may take you to cap. So the longer you're actually earning that 100% um, commission that you worked so hard for and the less time before your anniversary resets. So maybe you don't have the opportunity in those other places to reach their milestone, their icon that they have. So, and again, it's not all just numbers. It's truly about the culture. If you know that you have 80 hours a week of online training at your fingertips, for $85 a month? I mean, come on. <laughs> it's a no brainer. Um, and the culture is just really phenomenal. And again, just circling back to what I mentioned about being at EXPCon and being among the icons, people, I kid you not, they are million dollar a year producers or income earners, million dollar a year income earners. And they're sharing their secrets because they want others within the EXP brokerage to succeed. You can't tell me that is available anywhere else. You're lying. It's not. It's only at EXP. So come on over. I'll send you my app. <laughs> yeah, one of a kind, baby. And if you guys have questions, make sure to reach out to MJ and um, come to the source. You know, ask your questions. Be skeptical. That's okay. But do your research, right? You owe it to yourself and to EXP as a brand to uh, check it out at least. And MJ, um, so you are going to EXPCon this year? I sure am. Okay, awesome. Well, hopefully I see you there. And as oh, we wrap it up today, um, at about 30 minutes, what do you have to leave the listeners with? Always do your due diligence. Do what feels right in your heart. Um, don't chase the dollar. The dollar will chase you if you're doing right by others. So go out that, there Jane. and help everybody that you possibly can and pick up the phone and be there to support and be that resource and just get it done. Absolutely. Yes. And, and you've mentioned so many times like um, that doing the right thing and having a big heart that that business is going to come to you. And I love that. Um, so thank you so much for your time today. And if you or anyone is listening um, that may be interested in a virtual assistant, Sphere Rocket is like the number one VA in the world, uh, service in the world. So I know you're, you're getting ready to lose yours, but if you're interested, um, podcast guests do get a pretty steep discount and, you know, may not be right for you, may not be right for the listeners, but at least, you know, with a free consultation, you'll be able to find out that much. So MJ, thank you so much. I can't wait to see you in Vegas and uh, let me know if you need anything. We'll be in touch. I look forward to it. Thank you so much again for having me. I'm really flattered and humbled and it really means a lot to be part of this podcast. So thank you again so much for having me. You're a ray of sunshine, MJ. <laughs> You're welcome. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Icon Podcast is hosted and sponsored by Sphere Rocket Virtual Assistants, a leading provider for your virtual assistance and outsourcing needs. Owned by one of the top-ranking EXP agents, Justin Nelson. 
Spear Rocket VA provides a one-stop virtual staffing solution for business owners, and we specialize in helping business owners grow their business by leveraging through virtual assistance. Trusted by the top names in the real estate industry like Kyle Whistle, Andrew Franklin, John Kitchens, and many more. Get ready to up your success, and we'll help you achieve your business goals. Book your free consultation at SpearRocketVA.com and find out how we can make your life easier. 